0: i kind of noticed that the older surgeons tend to still do what they think is attractive in women mm-hmm. they're and the they're like in the 80s still and they're oh. like oh i want the big
1: yeah, candy yeah.
0: cantaloupe look yep. whereas like the new guys that are coming out are like they understand that women love crossfit and There's like f- everywhere. fit is in
1: yeah Pretty. 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 Hey, and welcome back to It Hurts to be Pretty podcast. I'm Angel Renee. And I'm Lexi Wilk. We the are very, a happy Wednesday. <laughs> with a very happy Dr. Char-Char.
0: <laughs> Dr. Char-Char here. And the,
1: the reason why we say Dr. Char-Char, tell him I. I don't know if we have the stories aligned, but your
2: Instagram name is Dr. Char underscore Char underscore?
0: It's, yeah. And you're
1: so adamant (laughs) I'm keeping it. No one's ever going to be able to find you. I kind of like Dr. Char Char. It's
0: kind of taken on a mind of its own.
1: Yeah. I like it. It's a vibe. First of all, you are the owner of? Of what's your med spas?
0: Hilton Aesthetics.
1: Hilton Aesthetics. You have been practicing for how long now?
0: I've been practicing aesthetics for six years and been practicing general surgery for six years before that. And then i was in med school before that it's been a long journey to yeah. get here but i kind of went a different route
2: yeah you um, were an athlete turned surgeon so you played at clemson correct? i forgot you
0: even knew that that's, yes. and
1: that's a hot combo uh, yes. Yeah, yeah an <laughs> athlete and a surgeon
0: hey, I'll take it. go it, it
1: explains all the women that you send over to me they like <laughs> gravitate towards you oh my god um, he's wait. a magnet so Take me back to you're in, you're in school, you're in school to be a surgeon, Yep. you graduate and you go where?
0: So whenever I was in surgery, I graduated and went to a fellowship in cosmetic surgery in Indianapolis. Whenever I was in my fellowship in cosmetic surgery, I realized, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. I want to be a cosmetic surgeon. And I actually came to um, Colorado to be a cosmetic surgeon. I was applying for hospital privileges at the place I was working. And I was about a month wait for the hospital privileges to come through. And the people I was working for was like, are you sure you want to do surgery? Because they said, while you're waiting, could you just maybe inject Botox and filler until the hospital privileges come in? It was the original goal to start up a breast augmentation clinic at the place I was working. While we were waiting, they were like, you're really good at like injections. Mm-hmm. They're like, are you sure you want to be a surgeon? I was like, I just went to 12 years of school. Like, yeah, <laughs> of course I want to be a surgeon. Yeah. So then we started like calculating up the times that they're like, well, think about how long it takes you to see a breast consult. And they're like, you have to do a pre-op setting. You have to get a good size going with yeah. what they want. It's going to take you at least 30 to 45 minutes to come up with that. And then they started talking about, how long it takes you to do the surgery it takes about 45 minutes to do a breast augmentation so i was like Yeah, let's wait how long about 45 minutes it's that quick it's sometimes 30 minutes
1: oh put me this under one right now one was 20 this one's about 15 <laughs> okay so break it down to okay a breast aug takes you 45 minutes for a consult 45 minutes
0: for for the surgery for the surgery you got to like chill around in the pre post op area for 30 minutes make sure you know that they're okay Right. and then they can go home and then they come back in the post-op setting and they see you in the in the office for about 15 minutes just to talk four or five mm-hmm. times, you know, as every week after their, and then you have complications and things that can go wrong. So we added up the time that it takes to do the surgery and the time that it takes and the money that you get from the surgery. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that the surgeon doesn't really get a lot of the money. Yeah. Like let's say a breast augmentation costs $7,000. Then the surgeon, the actual implants cost about $1,000 per boob. Yeah, I shouldn't say boob. You hey, can't say t- can say boob. Yeah. Hey. Up, per titty. Please
1: be yourself. <laughs>
0: and um, the anesthesia cost is another $2,000. Right. The cost of the facility is another 1500 And then by the end of the, you get about $2,000. And it was about two hours worth of work all together, added up maybe even two and a half hours. During that same time, you could see a Botox patient every 15 minutes for two and a half hours if you're fully booked up. So like money-wise, we were like, well, you actually make the same amount of money. And I was excited for the lifestyle change Mm -hmm. because like, as a surgeon, your lifestyle is very hectic and you're always on call and you're always having to come in and you're always having to answer your phone. And when you're out, you're still working.
1: But don't you feel it's still like that?
0: Kind of, but <laughs> not. <laughs> but not as, str- as much. different.
1: <laughs> yeah, because lower. I feel like I'm always on my phone. I'm always like answering messages or DMs or questions.
0: Yeah, I mean the questions will never stop, and especially whenever you own your own practice like we do, like it's always going to come, and that's what we signed up for. And I get that, but whenever you're getting the questions from the other way, it's just a different vibe, and I kind of like – the no stress, or not no stress. I won't say our job is no stress, but it's very low stress compared to an yeah. OR setting.
1: I know. I always remind the girls, I'm like, this is not an ER. Awkward. It's like it's unless that, my phone's it's, on I, silent and you're trying to call me, then it's an well, ER. Yeah, and then I'm like, "Where the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> Why Aren't you answering my text messages?" <laughs> we actually have a funny meme that we have on TikTok. We With do me calling me. Why the fuck are you not answering? Follow on TikTok at the same name. Anyway, um, yeah. anyway, so um, so you for money wise or was it kind of both? Because this is both. very intriguing to me, just because I know a lot of plastic surgeons who kill it and make a shit like. On an injector, or actually just as an esthetician, I look at these surgeons who, you know, make 10 grand a day sometimes, Uh Um, which is fine, right? Like, if and if not more, depending on their surgeries, if they're doing mommy makeovers. Again, granted, when the surgeons you that you do see don't do surgeries every single day, they're they're a lot of times doing consults, right? They
0: don't, they're right. And some, and then they're also injecting, but what you find is that they spend a lot of their time in the OR and they don't really become as good of an injector, or they just uh, delve uh, it out to mm-hmm. everyone a thousand else. percent.
1: I have to say, um, for clients who come in, they're like, I go to this guy because he's a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, just but he does breast and surgery all day. Yeah, exactly. You want someone who's injecting all day long, every day, because they're an expert at that. They're an know? expert
0: at it. And I can tell you firsthand, whenever I was in my fellowship, I was operating eight hours a day. And then i go to the office and I would watch people inject for an hour a day. And you don't actually get to inject whenever you're a fellow. You just watch. Mm. And whenever you think you know what you're doing, but then whenever you start injecting, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. I really just know how to operate. Just, <laughs> this injecting stuff is completely different. Yeah. So it kind of took me about a year after being out of a surgical fellowship and doing You know, 80 to 100 breast augmentations that year and 40 tummy tucks and all these things before you actually become a good injector or feel comfortable with injecting.
1: Did you ever consider in your mind, I don't want to inject, I just want to do surgery? Because to me, I feel like doing both would be a headache because you can't really master.
0: I feel like you're either one or the other. And I've always kind of had like an easygoing personality when it comes to, to all the things in the OR and just a different vibe like the OR kind of has its own setting you know like it sometimes can be malignant it sometimes can be very downgrading where they just talk down to you and stuff and I was always like the little butterfly like oh let's just get it done let's hurry up and do this whenever you become an injector You really become where you you see the same patients every three months over and over again. Mm -hmm. And you find that if you love patients and you love patient care and you really, truly care about your patients that you love injecting. With the surgery, it's just a different vibe.
1: Yeah. There's not much of a connection.
0: You only do like breasts like once every 15 years, 10 to 15 years. So you hardly see that patient. I'm
1: I'm due for mine definitely these <laughs> are yours <super, laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> i
2: mean, i love these they're so cute i definitely have some questions them. about breast augmentations that i think a lot of people are wondering so yeah. i want to get more into injectables later because mm-hmm. it's important but how does someone find a good plastic surgeon in their area like what's a criteria we should look for for breasts great
0: question anything
2: that they the, want
0: great question I've seen very expensive surgeons that do not that great of jobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just very proud of their work and proud and think that they deserve to get paid that much.
1: They're proud of their ego. They're
0: proud of their ego. <laughs> and of their then fucking egos. I was well, saying,
1: <laughs> there's one in Denver that I can think of, and I won't <laughs> say his name. Don't say his name. Of course not. But we'll say his name. Just his <laughs> his ego.
0: <laughs> it can't fit through the door.
1: No, it's so bad. And this it is great. So Charlie, he has no ego. Run. I know. And you know what? When you signed up for our course, I knew you had no ego because for a doctor to sign up for a course, especially with estheticians, right? It's yep. always this like, oh, she's just an esthetician; she doesn't know what she's doing.
0: But in the esthetician game, I mean, Angel Aesthetics is where it's at. oh
1: thank Thanks you, Char Char. That's
0: why I said, especially because I have so many haters. You.
1: I needed to, I needed to hear that. Okay, stronger <laughs> ego, but back to the question.
0: Okay, go back <laughs> yeah. to it. So the best way, I think, is to look at their before and afters. Mm -hmm. People can't fake before and after photos. Nope. They can, people can hide their before and afters, you know, kind of hide behind a nice website and not put a lot of before and afters on. But the only true way to know is to look at their before and afters. Whenever you look at their before and afters in their office, they're not as blurred out and you can actually see their scars. Mm. Judge their scars.
1: That gives me an idea for Do people actually post
2: pictures where they've edited out scars because i didn't know that
0: i don't think many clinics could technically do that and get away with it without being like false advertising so i would imagine that most of the pictures that you see from actual plastic surgeons before and afters were just taken in a room before and after to try to get the same lighting and the same everything
1: there's always risk with surgery right Mm -hmm. so you sign that waiver and shit can happen even Mm -hmm. with the best surgeons I think with finding a good for me, because I have been open about my surgeries, the before and afters were huge. And also it's word of mouth, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like in our industry, you can say you're good, you can post all the best memes and everything, but... If you are not really good and someone can't vouch for that, like to me, when someone compliments your work, it's like the best for them to say like, you should go here, they do the best work, or you should Mm -hmm. go here, they're the best at this. And so I think every surgeon for me has their like specialty. I feel like there's even though a guy will do all body, there's one like there's a boob guy, there's the nose guy, Mm -hmm. there's the chin guy, because they all kind of They'll do everything, but they specialize, I feel like, okay. are really good at one thing. Like, I feel like Dr. Shaw, and I can say this on here, is really great at nose jobs. Mm-hmm. He's kind of known for that. I'll be seeing him, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's kind of known for doing, and those are hard yeah. to do. A lot of people don't like to do those.
0: But um, And every time, like, a plastic surgeon gets, like, a, they're known as the whatever guy. Like, Dr. Shaw, he's the nose mm-hmm. guy. Dr. Campanelli, he's the body transforming guy yeah you know, for mommy makeovers and like they all have like a thing that they do really really well one way that i see is i mean i see a lot of patients who have had a lot of plastic surgery that come in for their face to be rejuvenated and while they're in there they're curious because they know my history of being a surgeon and they're mm-hmm. like what do you think about this what do you mm-hmm. think about that so Double i actually on. see a lot of plastic surgeons work in the area and i kind of have my own opinions about you know yeah like, Share some of them. Um, a- I'll
1: tell me too i know because right?
2: i want to know if you've never had plastic surgery like what are some specific questions you can go in with to a consultation to kind mm-hmm. of not quiz the surgeon because obviously the client knows nothing but what's something specific that you could ask can them what they do
0: the most of okay that's obviously mm-hmm. one of the first things you know and every plastic surgeon will have a before and after book sitting right there in their office Mm -hmm. And they will only put their best before and afters in that before and after book. They're not going to put their worst. So if you don't like their best and their best in before and afters, that ain't the right person for you. Yeah. You should probably go to look at some other uh, avenues. And Mm -hmm. not all surgeons have a consultation fee. Not all surgeons charge astronomical amounts just to talk to them. And just to get an idea, I think that if you're actually in the looking for plastic surgery, you should talk to a couple. Don't okay. just talk to one, get a couple ideas from mm. what they do. Maybe even talk to patients that have been to them before. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deal. Like, it's hard to find that if you don't know who to yeah. ask or whatnot. But you could ask the surgeon to put you in contact with someone or whatever, you know, like, but talking to someone who's been through the experience with that surgeon is.
1: But I think girls are a little more open about surgery now, especially around other girls. Like, oh, my God, where would you get your boobs done? Oh, my gosh. Like asking where you got your shirt from at this point. Yeah, like I think women are a lot more open about it. It was before it was like hush-hush and, Mm -hmm. you know – Definitely like, oh, I woke up like this. And that's why I've been very transparent about my surgeries because I'm like, I'm 43 years old. Mm -hmm. I didn't get here by olive oil. You know, like definitely been doing Botox since I was 26 and love it. Love taking care of my skin. And I feel like the more that we're open about it and talk about it, you know, definitely more people can be educated, Mm -hmm. especially in picking the right surgeon, because I've had... A good friend of mine who got botched, in fact, in 2020. And you'll we'll meet her on the podcast. Oh, I know who it is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She went in for the douchey guy that I just talked about. Mm, the <laughs> <nipple>. Yeah. <laughs> this was in 2020. And after her surgery, I was like, let me see her boobs. You know, because that's how girls are. And so, so we're FaceTiming. And she shows me her boobs. And I'm like. Okay. So, so one looks like this. So she's like, "Oh, he said it was the swelling." I'm like, mm, "Your mm. nipples are so so." Then looking different directions. Never took ownership for it. Blamed her. I mean, it was just he was shitty the yeah. whole way through. And so I said, "If 2020 were nipples." Those would be it.
0: And then sometimes whenever <laughs> you, whenever you got nipples looking in different directions, it's sometimes it's just that one of the pockets hasn't dropped down yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So if like oh, yeah.
0: the pockets still up high, then the nipples are gonna be pointing down. As soon as the breast implant drops.
1: But see, she took
2: out her implants. My thing with surgery, I am pro whatever the fuck you want to do with yourself. But when it comes to a client's safety Mm -hmm. That's an issue for me. And so I think back to search for other people who've had good experiences. Search for people who've had bad experiences, too. Because there is this whole community of women I know just in Denver Mm -hmm. against a specific surgeon because he is.
1: Oh, well, that's the same douchey. We call him
0: Dr. Douche, by the way.
1: Dr. Douche. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. (laughs) Douche. Let me ask you because I feel. Feel like when I first met you, I didn't know if you were going to be douchey either. Yeah, yeah. you know, you just don't know. I've been a doctor douche. Yeah, (laughs) and you were very sweet, very welcoming, just like very warm-hearted. I noticed a lot. A lot of the clients that you send to me all adore you, and truly, like they just they love you. And it speaks a lot for you because the way that you treat them—they're your client. You see them on a regular basis, right? Do you feel like it was harder for you to gain? a woman's trust or a man's trust because you're a doctor and you're big. <laughs> so sometimes, like, I'll be honest, if I saw you and you are doing my Botox, I'd be like, <sighs> yeah, are you, you going to just <laughs> come in heavy-handed? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because you're a big guy and sometimes heavy-handed is like a thing.
0: Heavy-handed is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patient comfort, patient satisfaction is a big deal. And I feel like patients just have to come to you once. And if they come to you yeah. once and they feel what you're doing – And, like, they see the little things that you take pride in your work. I will never go to a person that doesn't mark my face before they do my Botox. Mm -hmm. I want to know to an exact millimeter and treat it just like surgery if that's Mm -hmm. exactly where they should be doing. I used to do it where I didn't mark because everything Mm -hmm. was about hurrying up and like, time. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. And then I would walk around to the front of the patient and look at their bumps, you know, the Botox bumps that are there for 30 minutes after you get it. Yeah. And be like, are they even? Did I do it mm-hmm. right? And then that one time, like most of them they are fine, but that one time when they're not even, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to do something. And then you're just screwed. You're just stuck. And so mark patients before you see the patients. I don't care if it takes more time. That mm-hmm. has transformed my practice. Do
1: you think because that's where you – where you came from. Uh huh. Because I got trained there. Did you? Uh huh. I went to, because uh, I do Botox too, you know that. Yeah. And I got trained twice there. No
0: way. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: you saying that, I'm a little guilty. Yep. To be honest, because. You don't yeah, because I just – I know and I, I make them move their muscles so I can see where the, where I'm going. Yeah. But most of the time, now Sam is doing all the injections and she's phenomenal. You know her work. It's just it's great. Amazing. It's crazy because that's where I – You got, trained there. Yeah.
0: We trained at the same place. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: And here's something that happened too. So
2: when you and my mom had met, she is totally jaded by Botox. Her eye droops every time. It's never the result she wants. Uh-huh. But when you walked through with her – you were pointing to areas she had never even been told before. Yep. So I think just having that level of expertise, like yeah. you've operated
0: on people. and Yeah, you figure out the forehead. The forehead's the, the hardest thing to figure out with Botox and drooping and all that good jazz. Especially
1: with people with heavy lids.
0: Especially <laughs> with people with heavy lids. There are things that you can do to not create the heavy lids. Obviously, the first thing is to do it's the forehead right. in like a V pattern mm-hmm. instead of straight across. Like yep. Maybe just make it a little extra. You know like more than you normally do.
1: everyone's so going to their injectors the v, now like, and I also mean? inject right in here to kind of lift a little bit.
0: Right in the lateral orbicularis, mm-hmm. to relax the relaxed lateral mm-hmm. orbicularis, so the medial kind of compensates. No one list listening for,
1: you know. knows what the fuck you guys are talking <laughs> about. Uh,
2: I don't the orbicularis <laughs> is a
0: circular muscle that goes around, right the it's around what here. we do oh, for yeah, the crow's feet. I,
2: I failed anatomy lab once. Yeah <laughs> I can't do it.
0: <laughs> and were you we allowed to talk about anatomy in here?
2: We can mm-hmm. talk anything. Anything we want? Yeah, yeah. So, talk so good like to
1: me.
0: other things that have come out in, like, recent plastic surgery journals are, like, when to inject deep and when to inject superficial. What I've learned is when you inject deep, it lasts longer, mm-hmm. but you get more oh. droop. If you are ever going to inject more superficial... Where you just basically barely bury the bevel. Yeah. It's hard to say. Barely
2: bury, barely Barely,
0: bury. Barely bury, yeah. (laughs) And you just put the bevel right beneath the skin and inject kind of superficially. The Botox does have more of a chance to spread because it's not really Mm -hmm. being held down by the fascia beneath the fascia. But it also doesn't give you as much droop. So in some of my clients that have heavy eyelids on these lower two lateral shots,
1: You stay superficial. I stay
0: superficial.
1: So,
2: lesson: if you've had Botox and every time you're drooping, it's time to see a new injector, really.
0: Yeah, either that or yes.
2: Because really, what are they going to do? Walk in and say, well, I heard on a podcast that you shouldn't be injecting deep. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like every injector is so different. And every time you're around an injector, you either look at them and you're like, I definitely would never do that. Or you're like, oh, my God, I could actually start doing that. You know, so I think Mm -hmm. you learn from everybody what to do or what not to do as well. And just, yeah. again, like he was saying, know their work, know their before and afters, and also client experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk now. My Botox lady is amazing. My Botox person is horrible. Oh. They
0: all that's, talk.
1: They all talk. And so everyone, or you have the ones, and you'll know this, who just want the dill. Yep. yep. They want the Groupon special. They want the Groupon special, and no offense to Groupon. It's just, I want it and I want it now. I got told off one time when I posted that. They went in on me. How dare me put mm-hmm. down Groupon? Who do I think I am? Blah, blah, blah. They missed the point. Um, yeah. The point was when you shop for cheap, right?
0: I say you can either get one of three things you can get something cheap, you can get something good, or you can get something fast. Mm. And you got three things that I said, but you can only get two. You can't get all three. If you're going to be fast and cheap, you're probably not going to be good. Mm -hmm. If if you're going to be good and fast, you're probably not going to be cheap. Mm. You're probably going to cost some money. Mm -hmm. And there's just, you can't have all three. So it's like, if there's one thing that you didn't want in those, what would it be? And it's probably fast. Mm Right. So like, I would rather be good and slow and cost some money. But make it right every time, so that someone knows they're going to get what they wanted to get. And then the biggest thing is that if you don't do it right and you accidentally mess up, take some blame and pull the thumb a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't always point
0: the finger yeah. and say, "Oh, did you walk around doing this all day, raising your eyebrows yeah. and all that?" I don't even know if that does anything, by the way.
1: I
2: never make. I don't people. think. Yeah, let's. Uh, does moving your face because one of our Old employees used to say, "I don't move after I get Botox for weeks because yeah. it's going to dissipate it." So what's?
0: What when, when <laughs> I asked my my uh, fellowship director when I was in fellowship, I said, "Why do we ask our patients to do this? Does it really make a difference in setting like the Botox?" No, post injectable. Post post yeah. Botox to oh. move to move. So they say it's supposed to work it into the muscle better. Oh. He goes it makes them think that they're helping.
1: Fuck uh, that. And I was
0: like, he was like, it makes them think they're helping. I'm
1: down. always like, don't do any of that shit. Just don't lay back for yeah. four hours. And
0: then if it, something goes wrong, like they get a wonky eyebrow, you can be like, did you move all day? And you can <laughs> blame it on That is so them. effed up. Yeah.
1: That is. Honestly. Integrity is everything in this industry. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm a big believer in mm. owning up to your shit. Like, how yeah. can we make this better? You know, sometimes, and, I've said this before, like not all my mile high makeovers have been amazing, you know, and y- it just is what it is. Some people have stubborn skin yep, or it doesn't turn out exactly how you wanted it. And it frustrates me because I want to help them just as you much. You hate as, it
0: just as much as I oh hate Oh, my God.
1: It. Th- there's times I can't even sleep at night because I wish I could make their skin better. Mm-hmm. So I think owning up like, I'm sorry. And I will even say. Do you want your money back? Yeah, because I don't need that. I'll be right? the first
0: one to give someone's money back yeah. if I don't feel like I did if a. If I job. feel
1: like you know what, I would in that situation. If I felt like nothing really changed, I would feel happy if someone. I mean, happier, right? If they gave so you. So I back. put myself in their situation, like, please, that's the least I could do. You know, it sucks. There's no work. cure for melasma, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's hard because you want to please them but you also mm-hmm. want to run a business but integrity is everything and I could tell by the way that you treat your clients that you really do have integrity and that you sure. are doing this because you truly love aesthetics which uh, is so cool
0: I love it so much I'm, it's kind of like that Conor McGregor when he's like I lost my mind into this I've lost my mind into aesthetics yeah. is, I've, I feel like I go to a conference every two weeks or at least that's
1: amazing every
0: two to every three weeks somewhere flying somewhere learning the best stuff I want to be the best at it. Yeah. And I feel like anyone that does this job should do that. Yeah. Like they're doing themselves and their patients a disservice if they're not going to conferences, if yeah. they're not trying to continue to learn. Like, yeah. have you heard of Jelly Roll? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wait, the, the country? country? Oh, <laughs> Angel <laughs> thought it was inco- a
2: <laughs> Are you thinking of Young Gravy? I thought <laughs> the country singer.
0: Oh, my oh yeah you know jelly roll
1: yeah, good. he has good oh, no, jelly, jelly roll
0: i think he's playing his seven oh, piece this weekend
1: oh my god i can't believe i just said that <laughs> i went to country that's the only jelly roll i know but the jelly roll under that yes
0: so like i'd never been doing jelly rolls before four months ago really and then went to a conference found out how to do the jelly roll maybe five months ago
2: describe what it is though so what does it look like smile
0: you're a The jelly roll is right here, where your orbicularis at the bottom, because it's a circular muscle. It goes all the way around. starts to bunch beneath Mm -hmm. the eye. And every time we do the crow's feet, every time we do the glabella, we get compensation somewhere. The body Mm -hmm. always compensates somewhere in the body. And whenever you do here and freeze the orbicularis here, and then you freeze it all the way at the top, and then the whole side, then the rest of the orbicularis that actually moves is actually down here
1: Mm -hmm. on the
0: this part. So by putting one unit mid-pupillary line right beneath the eyelid...
1: But dil- you, you just, I don't
0: dilute it. I just do one do unit per side. Mm. And one thing I learned is if you just do it where you try to push the needle here and hope you don't hit the eyeball, that's very dangerous. So put a dot with your derma marker. Yeah. And then pull it down. And then you can... Got do as much it. as you want. You're not going to hit the eye.
2: So if you're at home and you're smiling and underneath your eye, you're seeing, I guess, like part of your eyeball, right? It's, it's like that. It's puffy, like a, it, it It's a puffy a, area. It's, under a the eye. It's, yeah, a it's a little roll. Yeah, it's a little jelly roll. Google, if you're. Yeah, if you're wondering if do I have a jelly roll or not yep google it and that is something correctable with injectables it doesn't need to be surgically removed and not
0: a lot of clinics are doing it because they're very scared to go that close to the eye yeah but if they just pull it down and go from the side and just stay superficial you'll be fine so back it's to great.
2: searching but before and after what does that help rolls. with soften that muscle Softens when you're that smiling. muscle when
0: you mm-hmm. smile it makes it where i've seen some miraculous results with it where even like eye bags that had big bags Whenever they smiled and they had a huge bag, they did the jelly roll and they smiled and there's no bag. What's your
2: opinion on tear trough filler?
0: I love tear trough filler. I have a love-hate relationship with tear trough filler. It's probably the best thing that I do at my clinic. And not a lot of people like to do tear trough filler Mm -hmm. because of all the risk being that close around the eye. I -hmm. feel like as long as you use a cannula, you're pretty safe. The thing with the tear trough is that you get and What does that mean? Fari. P-H-A-R-E-E. It's post hyaluronic acid, recurrent erythema, and something else. Basically so swelling under swelling. the eye. Mm-hmm. And Fari is like kind of coming out in all the journals right now on how to treat Fari and what can you do. And people are even using things like Morpheus, like radio mm-hmm. f- microneedling with radio frequency to help dissolve the filler that's a yeah. little too superficial and causing a tendal effect to maybe not show that bluish hue anymore. Or yeah. when they smile, they get a bulge. You know, it looks like a caterpillar or a worm. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I can't get 100% correction in every patient. And not so every tricky. under eye is meant to be filled. Mm. Sometimes they need blepharoplasty.
2: That's what I always How say. How do you know when to Experience. consult with a surgeon first? Or as a patient?
0: As a patient, you don't know till you talk to an injector that has been doing it all the time every day that so you actually trust. Surgeon. I will say this. I've seen so many under eye complications that Mm -hmm. come into me from other clinics that I have to dissolve. Mm. They place the filler below the orbital septum and now their septums bulging and they have a bigger bag than they had before. And that
1: blue hue. That's
0: too superficial Mm -hmm. and it's too much. Less is more in the under eyes. Would you
2: say that's the number one filler correction that you see people needing?
0: If you look in the journals, like 50% of under eyes have to be corrected at places that don't do it a lot. If they don't do it a lot and they do an under eye, they're going to have 50% correction rate. I would say out of all the fillers I do, the under eyes are the ones Mm -hmm. that I have to correct the most because sometimes you put a little too much and you just need a baby drop of dissolver. Or sometimes you don't do enough on purpose Mm -hmm. because you don't want to create the caterpillar when they smile. And then they still have a little bit of a tear trough and Mm -hmm. they want that fixed and I love saving syringes, like in my fridge, I'll save syringes for up to a year. And I keep a little bit to, to touch them up, you mm-hmm. know, like when yeah. they need to be touched up, we'll touch them up.
2: Well, I wanna talk about boobs one more time yeah. before we get into his secret talent that we just found out oh about. Oh Lord. Oh my God, if So the best. <laughs> I This is why I love podcasting.
0: You learn stuff.
2: Yeah. I wanna know the difference between, it's like the silicone, the saline, the gummy bears, the this, the mm-hmm. that. Oh. Everyone is getting They're not everyone. There is a movement where people are getting their implants removed because of silicone toxicity or I don't know the scientific terms. So get into that. I just choked on my spit. I got so
1: heated autoimmune disorders. Uh Uh-huh. Yes.
0: So there's a debate going on on whether or not gummy bears cause more breast cancer. So silicone is uh, made out of silicone. That is a breast implant. It looks like a circle. It looks like a red blood cell kind of. Oh,
2: I felt these many. <laughs> yeah, a silicone. Yeah, you got a
0: silicone. <laughs> yeah. And we silicone, love the feel of it. Not all silicones are the same. Some are low profile, some are medium profile, some are high profile. So
2: it's like the stiffness of it? Uh,
0: no, it's, no basically it's where they're placed. Where okay. they're placed like a high profile is going to give you more upper polefulness and project more this mm-hmm. way. It's going to have more mm-hmm. so anterior more projection, I'm down for that. Whereas a regular you know, breast implant is going to look more regular. Mm-hmm. And then a low profile means they don't need a lot of anterior projection. So it's like a flat implant where they just needed a little bit of love. Okay. No one ever does low profile. Let's be real. Like yeah. women want bre- breast,
1: Especially as you as we get older, they drop already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Less like post-mastectomy. Already and I drawn. will
0: say this. The movement back in the 80s was for everyone to get the saline and to get the huge
1: round balls round
0: balls that's
1: saline 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 is the saline is round
0: ball the saline
1: was the liquid uh that it could burst it could burst Mm -hmm. the cool thing
0: about when it bursts is that you know that your your implant has burst and it's leaking into your body because you have a deflated tire on one side whereas the silicone if it was to burst it looks still like a brute like you still you might see some other signs that come like capsular contraction maybe even later you get erythema of the skin other things that turn red Or you get fevers or something Mm -hmm. like that. Or you just have pain and you just know that it's busted. But you don't actually know it's busted unless you do actual imaging like a CT Mm. scan. Whereas with the saline, when it busts, you know it busts. Yeah. You can get it
2: quick and correct.
0: I remember I put a saline in to a 65-year-old lady and then she put the Christmas tree in her attic. Two weeks after my surgery. Oh. And then... It came down. The Christmas tree came down oh, the ladder and just busted it. And instantly, she knew instantly because one it was a deflated. So like
1: first of all, okay. Anyway, go getting ahead. Getting back
0: to the to the why <laughs> <laughs> I even forgot we got we got on our tangent.
1: So with
2: the silicone, yeah. are they becoming more technologically advanced? Like, are they less prone to leakage and about, causing
0: all these issues? About. S- Seven or eight years ago, they started delving with making the implant actually sticky on the back so Mm -hmm. that it stuck to the chest wall. But then they – it's called a textured implant. Yeah. And it just means it's rough. It's like sandpaper versus like smooth like butter or like this table.
1: You felt them at in Nashville. Oh, oh, yes. I tried them on.
0: They're rough. Yeah, And mm-hmm. they're supposed to stay in place better. They're trying to get it not to fall and not to so get it to So that's the do.
2: issue when it starts to leak. It falls and... Not
0: necessarily. No. Fall, it can move. It can move. Okay. It can move, yes. Whenever it leaks, usually it's pain. Usually okay. it's pain or, or it just looks a little... Different. You're like something's off. Mm-hmm. I can't tell exactly, but something's not how it was. And a lot of times, people go years without knowing that they had a leaky silicone they implant. Show
2: autoimmune.
0: Well, what they do is they symptoms. caps their body encapsulates it, mm. and they leaked, and then their body encapsulated it, and then the breast becomes a little harder, it becomes a little different shaped, it becomes a little more round. It's not as teardrop looking. Um, capsular contraction could happen from anything. You don't know what causes capsular contraction. It could be from a biofilm from the skin. Mm-hmm. It could be from anything. That's why they give you Hibiclens the night before to, mm-hmm. to wash the breast beforehand to try and get all that bacteria off the skin. Yeah. They say a lot of the um, – because some surgeons will do a periareolar incision mm-hmm. where they go right below the nipple. <laughs> some people will do a inframammary underneath. incision where they go down beneath, the And then some will do a transaxillary and it just depends. Like the infra memory has been shown to be safer. And some people think it doesn't have as much of a biofilm. So they have a less. memory
2: is. Infra. Infra. Underneath. Breaker. Underneath. Okay. So and that's your preferred method of incision, you would say? For yeah, most. That's it's a more common one. Well, it's a more one.
0: common one. The reason why I don't like the periorealer is because Which is where, for us around, the nipple. around the nipple. Okay. So you make a semicircle beneath the nipple and you basically retract the nipple up and put the entire implant through that tiny little nipple hole. So it can distort the nipple sometimes. Yeah. Um, I personally trained and learned how to do the periorealer one mm-hmm. the most whenever I was in my fellowship training. Although most people are doing it inframammary. I kind of like the fact that there was no scar on the breast, Mm. you know, like sometimes you couldn't even tell they had a breast augmentation Mm -hmm. because you could make the nipple look really good. But sometimes the nipple became a little janky Mm -hmm. where either you stretched it too much when you're trying to put in the implant.
1: Or you put them on crooked. (laughs) <laughs> in, that case, in that case, in that
0: case, we're dealing with an areolar plasty where you have to raise the nipple up. So the inside.
1: the what do you think is trending right now? Do you think, I think still, smaller
0: breasts are trending right now? Bars. Yeah, like a lot
1: of so a lot of people are taking out their breasts. Yeah. A lot of people are not wanting apparently not wanting ass. I don't know how. The I think having Kim an think Kardashian's
2: skinny now, like skinny, get a curvy. Who made them like yeah, the? She's she's them sincere, the
1: that's so dumb. The Kardashians yeah. they. They are setting the body type trend. It's crazy. I think it's fine. But either way, it's like if you have an ass, you have an ass. And I think it's good to have, you know, for me, being too skinny or like I just feel I think about my daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would hate for her to feel like she always has to be skinny Mm -hmm. or always have to be the certain way. Is there ever a time where you tell a person, especially with injections?
0: no because of
1: the addiction
0: i tell at least one person a week no like they come to me with huge lips already Mm -hmm. it's usually lips that i'm telling people know about Mm -hmm. because they get this body dysmorphia whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. where they get used to the lips huge and then it's like they're walking around like a filter but statically they might look okay (laughs) but dynamically they're not So, like,
1: (laughs) she thinks my lips are massive. No, first of all, she had no lips when I met her. Literally. The filler does, like, eat up in her body. I don't know where it goes. It's lasted a while this time. Yeah. And I think her lips are beautiful.
0: I think your lips are perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
2: but, okay, mom and dad. (laughs) Sounds like when I go home for Thanksgiving. You You're perfect <laughs> the lips. way
1: you are. I love your we love your boobs. We love your lips. I'm like, all right, schedule <laughs> the so breast mm-hmm. implant and yeah. Okay. So <laughs> for someone like me, who's, I've had my breast implants for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have them redone just because it's been 15 years. Yeah. Do you think that same kind of style since my body already knows that? Or I was thinking of going more like of the droopy because I like that look.
0: I th- you like the droopy look.
1: I do. What's the
2: terminology for the droopy? Is it the gummy bear or am I making that like uh, I keep it's gummy it's, bear. Um, it's, I thought it was gummy bear. Or the teardrop.
0: Teardrop look. Teardrop. And is that
2: silicone or saline?
0: Silicone. Okay. So like the... It's a teardrop
1: where it's... Teardrop, yeah. The like, only... The thing that I heard, not to interrupt, is that it can move and then it's... Like <laughs> these are round, so if they move... They're, all, they're mm-hmm. always going to be round. It's always round. Mm-hmm. But if the other one moves...
0: Then it, it turns to a different way. I have heard that a lot of people... I don't know, because I'm doing injections yeah. now for the face. But from what I've heard, that a lot of people are moving away from the gummy bear mm-hmm. because of when it moves or because they're definitely not doing textured anymore. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the gummy bears, when they first came out, were textured. And now they are... Um, Trying not to do texture because of the increased risk of breast cancer from textured implants that's been proven.
2: Like the actual texture on the outside, on the outside is of the carcinogenic or?
0: It's not that it's carcinogenic, is that, well, technically, it's not that it's carcinogenic, but it does create more of a inflammatory response. And anytime that happens, I mean, you can get more yeah. bad things that you don't want. Wow. And I mean, saline is what it is. People are going to do saline or they're going to do, but saline can't be a gummy bear or it can't be in a mm-hmm. teardrop shape. It's got to be in a circle that looks like a lifesaver or a red blood cell or whatever mm-hmm, you want to call mm-hmm. it, my lobe. A donut. A donut. And because the water is just going to go where it's going to go. Saline yeah. is basically water in a um, Ziploc bag. That's a circle. Whereas, I mean, silicone, that's what I have my patients squeeze whenever they're doing their, you know, botox and filler mm-hmm. they're still in a circle and if you take it and throw it up in the air and make it into a where it spins it's still going to look just like a circle it's the other ones that are different that are and i feel like most people I like for instance in my fellowship i did 80 to 100 breast augmentations six or seven out of those were saline mm. and none were of the teardrop shape Everyone else was just silicone regular circle. Hmm. It's all about how you place it, where you place it, how you look at the body, how your aesthetic guy sees a body. I kind of noticed that the older surgeons tend to still do what they think is attractive in women. Mm And they're like in the 80s still and they're like, Oh, I want the big candy cantaloupe look. Whereas like the new guys that are coming out are like they understand that women love CrossFit. Women love core 44, whatever. Core power? Core I don't power, know, so you name them. Like yeah, them. And they and they love working titties, out. And like everywhere. Yeah. fit is in. Yeah. And tiny is kind of coming back and like smaller is coming yeah. better. That looks
2: small, but not a double A can't fit in a bra. <laughs> First of all, I love your boobs. I know. I love your boobs. Let's Thanks. trade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> While we're still on that topic is if you go bigger... Eventually, as you age, gravity is gonna take over.
2: Yeah, that's what one is. Is that why they have you get new implants every so many years? It kind of drooping, or is it the safety of it? It's
0: not necessarily the safety of it because I mean, you could. Yes, it is, and no, it's not. It's a double-edged sword. I've seen implants that have been in for twenty years, and they look just like they put them in yesterday.
1: Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, should I just leave mine alone? Sometimes I just
0: the thing whenever you start to like get older and you start to age and your breasts start to change. Is Thanks, that you Dr. Charger. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you've had kids yeah. and if they breastfed, then they're gonna suck the life out of a breast. You know, that's what kids do. They turn nice, voluptuous boobs into flat pancakes.
1: Even if they're implants? Would you would you suggest a woman waiting to always until after they till breast- after
0: they've had Boom. kids. I'm and getting after they've breastfed. Whatever that is,
1: I'm not engaged. So. I, I got mine <laughs> after I breastfed because they just deflate, and then you're gonna need a. You're gonna need to redo,
0: to redo it anyway. So, so like you're gonna be so disappointed with them after you breastfeed. I'm not <laughs> saying like it's not a hard no. Like you can have implants. Well, yeah,
1: women do it all the time. Breastfeed
0: it, and they're gonna look fine. Yeah. But for optimal results, yes. Once you've breastfed, you can make it perfect for a lot longer than if you did it before you breastfed and then you breastfed and then they deflated and they're not the same shape and Mm -hmm. then they're like wanting to be redone. But you're like, oh, I just did this three years ago.
2: All I hear is I'm making my appointment before kids.
1: No, like, I don't that's care that's what you advice. say, Dr.
2: Hill. And you are so knowledgeable, and everyone should definitely see him at Hilton Aesthetics. So and sweet.
1: we found out something very amazing about him right now when we took a little break. <laughs> he's going to sing Is us that a song? Oh, he's not singing <laughs> He's going to sing us a song because he <laughs> was one. on The Voice. <laughs> and please tell us. Auditioned
0: for The Aud- Voice.
1: Auditioned. Oh, okay. Auditioned. So he, he could be okay. terrible. But he could be terrible. Oh, my God. If you're terrible, I'd love that. But he did
0: make totally it at least a round you. or two on All right. You have to just
2: sing... Something. Make up a
1: song about oh, Angel yeah. and I. Oh, yeah. Make up a Anything. Song about I the closing. No, no, no. Uh, Just sing. Sing what you sang for the, your audition. Just a little part. Oh my God! I'm gonna to kill
0: y'all. To you. Here, take a little bit of our... y- 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 Y'all put me. Out. Yeah, take some. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie. <lick and> <laughs> Three.
1: First of all, two. Doctor Char Char. He has Doctor Char Char. He's. Uh, I don't like when people call doctors by their first name. like pet peeve. Okay. Yeah. I don't,
0: don't ever mind it.
1: Just okay, because I feel Dr. Char-Char. Like earned- I like Dr. Char-Char. Sing Char. us your song.
0: Y'all are ridiculous. Ready? I don't even remember what I okay, said. Okay, guess No, know. but Shh. he
1: really auditioned
2: can't thing. No, uh, he's going he to okay. you know,
1: sing. Okay. He's thinking of it.
0: All right, so when I was auditioning, I think I sang... In Denver? It was in Detroit. What year? 2015, season 10. And there's... A lot of people don't realize what happens on The Voice. And there's like 25,000 people that audition for The Voice in four cities across America for just those live shows that you see on TV. Cause remember how American Idol, they like let you see all the sucky people. Were you on TV? No, I was not on TV. But they have you do like, where 10 people stand on a star and they have you sing for 30 seconds and there's just a producer and there's one producer per room and you get 30 seconds to sing and at the end of that she says step forward or step or stay on your star yeah, yeah. and if you're still standing on your star you made it to the next day and the first day there was 25,000 people <sighs> there and then the second day they only kept 250
1: Oh my God. So
0: they really only like.
1: Oh, so Okay, give us your 30 seconds because we he have made to it end past the first right, round. Right. Give end. us your. Okay, you don't even have to give us 30. Give us 15. Just a I'm little
2: I'm
0: from South Carolina.
2: All right, stop distracting.
1: Let's do it. Anything.
2: Anything.
0: I like sleeping in home Saturdays. And I love college football games. I love not acting my age and good barbecue. You. do you know this song
2: no, no Angel <laughs> loves it though oh, I do okay you're
1: the only country music I like <laughs> <Okay. laughs> no I love it that was a it. horrible version of it no 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 love it no I made you try. stay on your star <sighs> but thank you so much for joining us I on it, it Hurts to be Pretty we want to have you back I again. want to come back I think we have so, so much to talk about Yeah, but enough. we just scratched the surface but thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day in your scrubs
0: <laughs> for after sure, work
1: man we love you
0: all right hooray. we'll link
1: um, where to find
2: him and how to book an appointment in the show notes
0: i appreciate you guys and best skincare place by far i've ever Aww. met right here i will always send all my patients to her she is phenomenal thank so you so Aww, thank you guys so much for everything that you do are you gonna I appreciate cry right now? yeah i'm gonna cry
2: <laughs> <laughs> bye
1: guys be pretty pretty, pretty.